guys, welcome back to another episode of After the Siren, episode 12. We've made it this far. I am your host, Tanisha Hapel, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host... Jarvis. Um, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long couple of weeks for me. Yeah, that's why that was a very interesting intro from Jarvis. Now, <laughs> we're going to get straight into the episode. There is so much happening in this week of footy, but just before we do, um, how's your week been? Again, busy. Um, busy. I don't think I've had a day rest where it's just been me... And um, a bed. <laughs> it's just, I mean, if it's not one thing, it's another thing I have to deal with. Um, mm. If it's not work, if it's something else. It's the life of Jarvis Ho. Yeah, it doesn't so stop. I don't stop and I can't stop, but I want to stop. So, <laughs> yeah, but I'm here. I'm recording the podcast with you always. Um, so, yeah. This is our little then? chance to just debrief and talk about footy. Yeah. Um, yeah, my week was really good. Uh, just a lot of uni. Um, a little bit sick. I feel like I'm always sick, but never like sick enough to not do stuff so that's probably why i never fully recover anyway (laughs) um i've pretty much just been watching footy as always and um sitting on the couch and getting up and going to the footy i got to go to the mcg the carlton port adelaide game but i don't really want to talk about that too much um and yeah obviously this weekend we witnessed the fourth aflw grand final in five years and it was just such an amazing day, such great vibes. The girls all played their hearts out. I don't want to talk about it too much now because you're going to get into it in a second we anyway. We'll get into it in a second. Um, do you want to start off with our top footy moments? Yeah, well, obviously, before we get started, we should probably say that um, if you have a top footy moment of your own that you want to send in to us, um, give us a DM on the Instagram or Twitter or whatever. You can contact us by um, and we'll try to put it on the show because we are running out of time to figure out top footy moments, <laughs> at least for me. Um, so if I can have someone else's one, that'd be great. And yeah, we we'll love to you. hear your opinions and um, definitely send that into After the Siren podcast on Instagram. 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 <laughs> Instagram. We're all of a sudden very posh in here. Instagram. Into the gram. And... <laughs> And yeah, so I'm gonna yeah. stop talking now, Jarvis. Yeah, so my top footy moment uh, comes from the Adelaide um, Frio Frio game. Sorry, my brain is completely uh, fried. And just it, for some context, Jarvis has worked a full nine to five day while I have lounged around on the bed catching up on football. It's not only that; it's that's been for the past week. Anyway, carry on. Um, yeah, so my uh, top footy moment of the week is going to come from that Adelaide Fremantle game. Um, and it's going to be none other than that goal from Lockie Murphy. Oh. Um, it was a really, really, really cool goal. Um, he just had that space and awareness that he was able to snap it. And sometimes you just get some lucky kick off the boot. And, and don't we love to see it? And yeah, I mean... That's Footy why. God's shining down on him. Yeah, he just gets that lucky little kick and um, straight through the p- double post. And that's what you love to see. An early goal of the year contender, you reckon? I mean, there's a lot of goal of the year contenders each each round as it comes by. Um, mm. I think last week we talked about oh, what was a really cool one. That was a complete fluke. Was it Walker's goal? It was Walker's yeah. goal. That was a complete fluke. Where this one seemed to have a bit more skill behind it. Um, just so great goal sense. Yeah, great goal sense. Just had time and awareness to take a bit of a snap. And sometimes you just need a quick snap for it to, to go through. So, yeah, that's my uh, top footy moment of the week. Nish, what about you? What's your top 40 moment? 
I feel like my top footy moment is made up of about 100 moments um, and they all come out of the AFLW Grand Final. So um, it was just so humbling to see so many good news stories come out of it. So uh, there was a little odds kick kid. It got up on stage and told Emma Zilke that she was her hero and it was just the cutest thing I have ever seen and I know it's not necessarily anything to do with the game and and how they played but it just goes to show that these AFLW stars are idols and kids are looking up to them and they have a very important place in society. Um, Another moment comes from a veteran, Lauren Arnold, kicking a goal in her 36th and final game. So she's Mm -hmm. been playing AFLW from the very start and she's chosen to retire at the top after winning her prem. And another good moment was Jess Wushner. She kicked a fantastic goal from about 50 metres out and it bounced through kindly. And she was playing a premiership just a year after being struck by lightning, could you believe? Um, what are the odds? She was working down at the docks and she's really been struggling with her mental health since. And um, I mean, I would be too. Yeah. Just like it's raining, thundering, next thing you know, you're getting struck by lightning again. You're just, yeah. I mean, I would hate it. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. But all of these good news stories combined with a bloody excellent goal from Courtney Hodder. Um, I know you were keen to take that as your top footy moment, but yeah. since you didn't, I'll, I'll give her a shout out. Um, well, she's you, been my you, top you, footy you, moment about every second week. Well, to but, be fair, you've, you've done the pretty much the whole entire AFL grand final in a nutshell right there so well, i um, just thoroughly enjoyed it from when g flip started singing to to open it up to the final siren it was a really exciting game love seeing the the underdogs come out on top knock adelaide off adelaide have already got two prems i'm sure they will survive wow don't tell them that jeez and with the aflw season wrapping up we have the final tally of our tips Ooh, to get yes. through and um, I will ask for a drum roll, please, Jarvis. And Jarvis, you have taken oh. it out by two points. Yeah. Um, you did already know that. But uh, a very poor round seven from me where I only got two tips correct. And also the fact that I tipped Adelaide in the grand final have lost me this one. But I am considering this a fluke and I am not holding back. Going forward. Do we know what the totals are for the men's one at the moment? No, but we will maybe do that next week. We'll focus on the women's one this week. And the fact that you won, what does that mean? Does that mean I owe you a dinner or something? Uh, We didn't really do anything, but I guess, I mean, I'll take a free dinner. Sure. (laughs) Sure. I'll (laughs) give you a free dinner. Um, So well done. I'm, I'm Thank you. putting half of it down to be- beginner's luck, but... um. That's a lot. <laughs> nah, That's all well skill. done. Good exact- calls. I knew exactly what was going on. I didn't make a single mistake the entire time. <laughs> anyway, well done. And I should probably not tip Carlton just because I'm a Carlton supporter. It definitely didn't hold me in good stead. Somehow it's working for me in the men's though. <laughs> it's because the dogs haven't lost a game. <laughs> hey, keep is- tipping the dogs because they keep winning. Anyway... Um, All right, from all of that good news, we're going to get stuck into our first news story and it's a bit controversial, a bit of hot water. Um, Injured Collingwood stars Jordan Dugowie and Jeremy Howe may face AFL questions over mid-match phone use. Mm. So what did you think of this one? It was interesting. I I actually didn't know about the whole phone use stuff. I didn't realize that they had to keep... I understood they would probably have to... Oh, you didn't know about the rules? I didn't realize... Well, I think I knew that they couldn't use their phones before they knew their positions and lines up because of 
uh, match fixing and trying to put bets on for the games because obviously mm. the players aren't allowed to bet um, on their on their own games, I believe. Yeah, well, all of that is just confidential. So yeah. you're not meant to share that news or anyone that's inside the club is not meant to make a bet. But um, on top of that, if you didn't know, the the phones are meant to be locked away. So yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that was supposed to be locked away. I could I could have expected like, okay, here's like a little tub, put your phones in there, and then no. you know we'll put it away. But I didn't realize they were fully like locked up in like some briefcase stuff, which I saw. So both Dugowie and Howe left the field due to their respective injuries. So um, Dugowie got a hit to the face from Tim Kelly's hip. And Jeremy Howe injured his hamstring in a marking contest where mm-hmm. Oscar Allen took a fantastic mark. Um, and then cameras in the Collingwood room captured Dugowie picking up the two phones, his and Howe's, and then handing that phone over to Howe. Mm. Um, yeah, so obviously that's probably not the best thing to see. Um, early statements say that they were sharing their injuries to their families, uh, but an investigation is being conducted by the AFL Um and a final punishment will be announced probably mm. over the next few days. Honestly, probably after this podcast release, yeah. we'll get the, we'll get the all the news comes out straight after we yeah, <laughs> post this. Episode. But um, yeah, look, it's just not really a good look from the club. Um, I mean, they should be aware good... that there are cameras in those rooms, and if they're informing their families that they're not coming back on the ground, that's exactly what you know people are gonna. I know that information does come out relatively quickly, but. You know, it still does need to stay within the confines of the club and the club notifies families. So there wouldn't really be a need for those guys to jump on their phones. It's just not a good look. Just go out, sit on the bench, watch your team play. I feel like also the family is more likely to be watching the game. So I yeah. feel like the second you realise that they're not coming back out, you know, they're pretty injured. Let's check the AFL app yeah. like everybody else. It says out. <laughs> it says they're not coming back. But to be um, fair, Collingwood have not had a good start to the year with all the controversies as it is. No, so it's and, only and neither has Jordan Dugowie. He's um, <laughs> he's a bit of a recluse, that one. Yeah. Um, but the club can probably expect to be sanctioned or the players individually. Um, that's just speculation at the moment. As you mentioned, the investigation's still ongoing. But, yeah, I just don't think it's a good look. Oh, of course not. I mean, if, it, if they have these, uh, like, rules and regulations in place for the phone use, then they're there for a reason. Mm. Um, I just can't understand yeah. who was who's in, who's responsible for locking the box. Yeah, that uh, too. How did he get the fail. key? Yeah, big yeah. fail on their part. The go is like, don't worry, I've got a lock-picking lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move back into a story that's related to AFLW. Yeah. Um, bit of a farewell to some of our players. So um, the story is retiring premiership skipper gets a fairy tale finish. Yeah, so um, another group of much-loved athletes have announced their retirements over the past few weeks, and uh, we just wanted to acknowledge them um, for their efforts, obviously, and um, give them credit where credit's due, because all these girls have played um, a lot of games um, in the short period that has happened over these first few um, AFLW seasons. Yeah. So do you want to start off with the first one? So Emma Zilke, she played 41 games for Brisbane, uh, was an AFLW premiership player, and also captain on Saturday. She captained Brisbane for the seasons 2017 to 2018 and 2020 to 2021. So just missed the 2019 season. Um, But a fantastic contributor, one of the original, you know, paving the way for the girls to follow. So credit where credit's due. She's done a fantastic job and she announced her retirement in a post-match interview. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if that's the way you want to go out, I mean, it's 100% the way I would go out if I was a player. Um, yeah, go on the high, the biggest high you probably could have in, in the sport. So, yeah, 
Um, the next one to retire is Lauren Arnell. Um, 11 games for Carlton, 25 games for Brisbane, 9 goals within this season, I believe. No, no just across her Just across career. the whole thing? Yeah. Perfect. Um, and then also she was a premiership player for Brisbane in this 2021 season. Um, as also uh, captain at Carlton throughout 2017 and is a three-time All-Australian. So a lot of accolades Pretty for her. Pretty impressive resume. Yeah, I mean, I think getting that premiership um, for the Brisbane is probably just that icing on the cake yeah, in terms of everything else. Yeah, so she's got all the accolades, so no wonder she... Uh, she is she's out there winning those prems definitely well well done to lauren the next one to go is a bit of a a fan favorite is shiny norder uh nay layton so you might know as shiny layton from previous seasons she played three seasons with the collingwood football club um from 2019 2020 and 2021 she also made the 2020 all australian squad and played 23 games in total absolute cult figure um they love her she is well uh known for frequenting the the bounce which is the show that is produced by fox footy um Mm -hmm. you know they're they're a good funny bunch over at bounce and she absolutely adds to that culture so well done to shiny next one to go um is going to be sam virgo what a last name um, 15 games with Brisbane, 14 games with the Gold Coast, uh, was the Gold Coast co-captain throughout the 2020 and 2021 season, as well as a um, AFLW All-Australian team, a part of the 2017 team, I'm saying team a lot here, <laughs> yes. um, and then also was the uh, Gold Coast leading goal kicker throughout 2021, so... Big loss um, for them. Big loss for them, uh, if that is your leading goal kicker, so I would love to see who's going to fill her spot uh, for the Gold Coast. Um, but you know, yeah, always a very notable player up north. But uh, definitely yeah. led the charge when Gold Coast sort of really needed leaders. She was the one that stepped up. So well done to Sam. And finally, uh, Leah Mascal, who played for Fremantle. She played 19 games there and just became one of the really reliable defenders and just kind of a, a stalwart down back not easy to get past so well done to all of those girls we have absolutely enjoyed your careers and watching the game grow and you grow and yeah yeah paving the ways for the future paving 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 the ways for the future <laughs> again we're a very posh podcast you always say paving the way and nothing instagram, wrong with it. instagram. Nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. anyway on to the last story for this week um hickey adds some more pain to the Swans' loss um, as Longmare fumes. Mm. Sydney is going to be expecting Tom Hickey to be out for several weeks um, as the veteran uh, Ruckman injured his knee in the thrilling two-point loss to Greater West of Sydney. Just caving in yeah. that last second, yeah. um, like uh, literally a minute yeah. ago, wasn't it? And they just caved in. Sad was really, really rough um, because Hickey going down probably had a bit to do with the result of that mm. game. You also saw Sam Reed come off late with that blood yeah. rule and he was trying to fill in Hickey's spot. So they were <laughs> left with pretty much no one of height to take those ruck contests and um, they were rushing to get Reed back on the ground. He saw him come out yeah. with his bandages wrapped up and, um, yeah, in that time, uh, the GWS just kept pressing and got those two goals late that they needed to um, snatch that win. Now, in terms of backup options for Hickey going forward, um, Callum Sinclair, who's sort of historically been Sydney's second ruckman behind Sam Naismith, mm-hmm. who was also injured, 
Um, Sinclair, he played in the reserves on the weekend, so he's probably the likely replacement to come in for Hickey. Um, but right. a bit disappointing because Hickey was really coming into form. He said his fourth club, thought he'd finally found his place, and now he's gone down with a knee injury. Well, I mean, Swans were looking very good at the start of the season. Mm. I've had a couple of losses now. So no, that's love. their first loss. First loss? Yeah. Never mind. I'm delusional. Just when you're <laughs> at the top, you know. You know. Um, no. Uh, yeah. So that was the first loss of the season in the Sydney Derby. Um, also to come out of that, we just found out that Buddy Franklin is going to be sidelined up to a month due to bone bruising. Um, after his five goal, five goal, sorry, what happened there? Five goal uh, haul on Saturday. Yeah, he was now, very impressive. Yeah, he was very impressive, but obviously, Buddy has been out the entire last year and uh, the start of this year a little bit yeah. until the second uh, round before he came in and kicked a few, yeah. which was what we wanted to see yeah. from Buddy. So we don't want to see him out for another month, um, and I don't think Sydney wants to do that out for another month no, either. No, definitely not. Um, um, we knew he was going to be managed at period throughout the year, yeah. but we kind of thought it would be a week off here, but not up to a month. That's big news. Now, Longmire was, you know, pretty blunt. He's a pretty blunt sort of guy, and... Um, at the end of the game, he had a few things to say. He said, we just needed to pick Kelly up. So Kelly kicked that winning goal, snapped mm-hmm. on the left boot. Pretty impressive. That was a very good goal as well. He said, we just needed to pick Kelly up. That's pretty simple. We just didn't get it done. So, some good learning for a few of our younger fellas. And just a reminder for some of our experienced players that we should have got it sorted out. So... Pretty blunt, not happy with his leaders in that situation. They do have a very young side, and you can see sometimes the younger sides don't come out on top in these pressure situations. But, you know, they do have a winning culture around them, so I, I personally thought they'd get the job done, um, but I mean, didn't turn out done. to be that way. Yeah, I mean, I thought de- definitely with the way Greater West of Sydney were looking towards mm-hmm. coming into that game, I was like, no way. Struggling to kick straight exactly. it was one Toby Green. <laughs> <laughs> one in seven, you wouldn't yeah. think it, especially coming off two games of five goals as well. Yeah, but, um, it's been on fire. Greater West of Sydney won that Derby Derby. Uh, Sydney Derby? Derby Derby? jeez. <laughs> oh, um, that Sydney Derby. Yeah, and, um, turns out that one goal from Green was what they needed. Exactly, and it looks like uh, Sydney will be trying to pick up the pieces uh, this week. Okay, we are back for the second half of the podcast. Uh, we took a little bit of an intermission. We had dinner, is we what had, we did. Yeah, we had dinner. <laughs> Some um, delicious meatballs. Shout out to Vicky. Was it like chicken meatballs? It was chicken yeah. meatballs. Anyway, it was very good. He listen. could figure out what meat he was eating. Well done. <laughs> anyway, um, so for the main topic this week, we thought we would look at all of the AFLW season in review. Um, For me, this is the first proper season of watching all of the AFLW. I obviously missed a few games because I was Mm. quite busy throughout the season. But you followed along. I followed along and kept up to date with the scorings and what happened and... (laughs) score (laughs) the results the results that's another way of phrasing it um so yeah i um thought it was a very interesting um way to show football Mm. i guess in a different light and give these women a spotlight that they might not have had especially over the past few years Mm. um i think even just televising the games more on seven um gave all these girls opportunities to show what they've 
gut and showing possibly what the future can hold for um, this type of division. Yeah, I am absolutely stoked. So we'll just kind of discuss what our overall thoughts were from the season. And I know that Giles hasn't watched a heap of AFLW in the past, but really got into it more this year. I've been following AFLW since its uh, humble beginnings in 2017. Some would say it's the butt. (laughs) Debut. Debut. I got what you meant. It took me a second, but I, (laughs) yeah, I got there. The debut. The debut. Um, I was there for the debut. Yeah, first thoughts are obviously going to be the skill level of the girls. Mm -hmm. Um, It continues to just improve in leaps and bounds every year. And because AFLW only goes for a short, uh, well, what, 12 weeks all up it went for, then you have 40 weeks where you don't see AFLW players play. And they're not just sitting around in that time, they're actually playing in their. Um, reserves leagues or their um, state leagues Mm -hmm. so they're still getting better they're still improving and come AFL 2022 AFLW 2022 Mm -hmm. um, I expect those skills to jump again so for example the girls ability to actually mark the ball has been one that um, has really opened up game styles because Mm -hmm. in previous seasons they weren't able to really piece um, passages of play together bit of alliteration there for you Peace passages of play, um, important plans. Um, but yes, Jeez. Uh, their ability to mark the ball has really opened up so many avenues for the girls. And I know you enjoyed watching some of their plays come to life in this season. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I haven't watched a lot of football over the past few years um, yeah. for my own personal reasons. Um, but coming into the AFLW, I was quite surprised. At least I, I've was you know me and nisha started dating early last year which was like just as the aflw season yeah. was starting and we went to one game and even though it wasn't i think as action practices were the dogs blues game i was still quite impressed of what happened and then obviously i didn't really watch anything else for the season because yeah. i wasn't that interested and coming to this year and watching it i was actually quite surprised with how a lot of the women kind of seem to be taking it on and really taking it seriously mm. and not just kind of shying away with the ball which is what so I feel you think like. that their aggression levels of lifting yeah, I yeah. Th- well I think that was I think one of the things I first said on the podcast as well is that like people's aggression to go and get that ball and yeah. to a- attack the ball and wanting to just use the ball and not just go oh there's other people going for it I'm going to go away and just yeah. wait for the ball to come out it seems like all the girls really just want to fight and you I can mean, feel that yeah right from the preseason, we had girls um getting right written up by the mro you know the three match band that yep. got um wiped away from ev marinov and then we saw maddie press barkers get wiped down and it was all you know to protect the players but it was great to see the girls that were actually going in hard and laying the tackles come in with some aggression um or maybe a little bit too much aggression in those two cases but um, I agree with what you're saying. They've definitely come in with a new fire, a new fitness level, a new aggression. Um, mm. And I completely agree with everything you're saying. So overall thoughts on the season are that the skills and the ability to actually work the ball and the aggression have all gone through the roof. And we hope to see those things all take another step forward as the season, uh, as the game progresses. Sorry, not the season. Season's over. But um, <laughs> yeah, 
Now, I just want to have a little chat because one of the big changes coming into season 2021 was the structure um, of the ladder. So previously, I think the two previous seasons, we saw a conference system where the teams were split up into conference A and conference B. Mm -hmm. And then the top two teams from each conference went through to finals. Whereas this season, they were all put into the same ladder despite not being able to play every other team. Um, You still saw them all grouped into one ladder. What were your thoughts on this? Real quick, was it always nine rounds in the conference system beforehand as well? It was, it'll always change. Yeah, okay. So well, I think it was eight I, last year. Well, I mean, I think from going from the conference system to the regular system that the AFL uses for the men's side mm. is leaps and bounds better. Mm. I mean, I don't think 100%. anyone's going to deny that. The conference system seemed very one-sided and if you had all the top teams on that one and you get to the grand final and obviously it's not the best two teams out of the season it's the best team out of two conferences which you could debate well this team should have been in this conference or blah 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 you know you're not going to have the best two teams possibly um so this structure is a lot better and it gives a lot more um justice to those who are the top side of the league to play for that grand final for the prestigious prize Mm. um and, you know, obviously it was a tight one going into um, the last couple of rounds. You know, you could have had three or four, five different teams make that top six. Yeah. Um, but obviously we got the top six that we got. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just found it a lot more, I guess, engaging and a lot 100%. more interesting to go, oh, this pe- people are here. You know, it was, it's just feels like footy. Yeah. It doesn't feel like something else. Yeah. I was just jumping there and I'll say I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I think um, because you didn't really follow last season, but exactly what you said might happen happened with that conference system where you had one conference that was particularly strong. And I think there was a top four teams in the stronger conference that was stronger than the second team of the other conference. So that definitely was the very controversial come finals. And uh, I definitely agree. I like seeing them all grouped into one and you really do get the best teams coming out on top with this system. Um, Another thing I really liked about the new structure is we got to see a proper finals series. We got three, four weeks of finals, which was really exciting. And um, yeah, no sort of second chances in these finals. So as soon as you got knocked out, you got knocked out and really definitely brought the best playing out of some of these girls knowing that their season was on the line and um yeah it was do or die in some of those games so i really really enjoyed the new uh structure and the new final series that we got to witness and yeah thoroughly enjoy it hopefully they use that same system carrying forwards and obviously not every team played each other but i don't think it was really needed if they every team needed to play each other um obviously they only had nine Mm. rounds of last year they only had eight they might increase it to 10 or they might add some new teams in obviously Mm. um it'd be interesting what they do for the next uh year for the season but i think we'll discuss that in a little bit yeah yeah um now here's the the big question we've got the w awards tomorrow night where they will crown the best and the fairest now something that makes this particularly interesting is the reigning best and fairest maddie presbarkus as we mentioned got rubbed out and suspended for one match for her tackle on sarah hosking so she'll be ineligible to win the best and fairest we're going to have a quick discussion on some players that could be in the mix and i'm going to throw a big name out there to start and i think Brianna Davey is going to have a big case in this W Awards. 
All right. Yep. I have nothing to argue there. Nothing <laughs> to argue. Well, uh, I'll I mean, argue why I think she is. Okay, go um, ahead. So she, obviously, a uh, captain of Collingwood, and she led the Pies to a season where they only lost two matches in the end. So we know that uh, players typically poll better in games where they win. Mm-hmm. And she definitely was the driving force in the midfield for majority of those matches. She gets lots of support from Britt Benici and Jamie Lambert and Chloe Malloy going forward, but she was a player that was able to be effective in the midfield around a clearance and a stoppage and also be super impactful on the scoreboard um, and score a few goals. I think she faded later in the season with her goal scoring, but um, particularly early on, she was a weapon. Who? Yeah. What's a name that you want to throw into the mix? I mean, you can go a lot from even the Adelaide side. Randall's a big one that mm-hmm. helped them throughout the whole entire season. Definitely great to see um, her back. Aaron Phillips as well. You could argue a lot of points for a lot of the um, Crow side at least. Yeah, Marinoff is the number Marinoff one. Marinoff as well. Um, a lot of these, a lot of those girls were just on fire throughout pretty much the whole entire season, only Definitely. dropping a couple games as well. Um, and just, you know, had a few blowout games against a few of the... Uh, your sides at least here's um, a question for you do you think the adelaide girls might steal votes off of each other you're not wrong i don't think that's possible. not true it's very possible um which would you know it's not going to be great but i mean that's we've just seen shows, it, we've seen it happen in the past but you've also but that's just a side that you have if you've got that dominant side you mm. i mean you're going to end up that happening um other names um from the dogs at least ellie blackburn uh too good yeah i uh, had really immen- uh, tr- tremendous seasons yeah I think-, I think blackburn is probably your, your strongest uh argument there yeah she um is an absolute uh leader i know she's your captain and it sounds a bit <laughs> obvious to just call her a leader but in those moments in close matches where you needed to lift she was the one that lifted she was the game changer she actually broke games open in games yeah. where you're struggling to score she'd go forward and she'd hit the scoreboard Very too good is a fantastic player but she more so situates herself up forward so she's not doing as much work as blackburn is around oh, the contest and around the ball i was just saying who's having a good season yeah but um who's having a good season um <laughs> who would you say from the lion side had um a tremendous season for you for you personally for me personally, I think that um, the real stars of Brisbane were up forward this year with Dakota Davidson and Jesse Wardlaw mm-hmm. and Greta Bodie. But if I had to pick someone coming out of the midfield as well... Because that's where all the votes go. That's all where all the votes go. Uh, I'm going to throw my hat to Ali Anderson. Now, mm-hmm. she actually played a fantastic game on the weekend in the grand final. I know mm-hmm. those votes don't get tallied. Um, but probably best on ground behind Kate Lutkins, who won it. Congratulations to Kate Lutkins. We haven't mentioned that yet. Um, but yeah, probably Ali Anderson, always getting the ball, always um, confident, provides a good banner run, plays a lot of game time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Karen Paxman is a big name throughout yes, the season who, who did tremendous work for her side, the Melbourne uh, uh, D's, I was going to say Dockers for some reason. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Karen Paxman and Lily Mithin are probably the two from the Demons that will be high up there in the votes. Now, I just want to read off a few stats here. Right, now, here Stat girl. Karen Paxman throughout 2021 was averaging 23 disposals. So that's very, very impressive. She also managed to score four goals throughout the season, so that's a pretty good output from a midfielder. Um, she had a total dis- uh, disposal count of 247, mm. um, very high up there. 
And she also polled a massive amount of 943 total AFL fantasy points. So you've got a point there, um, definitely. And if we're comparing her to the likes of, for example, Brianna Davey, who I mentioned earlier, let me just quickly do a live Google and pull up some stats there. Um, Brianna Davey was averaging 24 disposals and she had an output of six goals and six behinds. And a total of 1,043 AFL fantasy points. So maybe just Edge and Paxman out there. They're probably my two leaders of that particular race. Also, um, just so that we have a kind of a couple players from each side. Also from um, uh, the Kangas side, Riddle had a pretty good season. Oh, 100%. Was, was pretty consistent throughout the season. I think she dropped off a couple of times in a few games. But um, was, again, very consistent and a very... Uh, a name that you know should get a few votes at least definitely and probably um a reigning uh best and fairest emma carney she's also at the roost mm. so you've always got to throw the the uh reigning winners so at the Very moment true. we only have three and that is phillips carney and press parker <laughs> so will we see a repeat for either phillips or carney or will we see it's a new possible. winner be named um, one that we haven't mentioned yet over in the West, uh, I'm going to throw in is Kiara Bowers from Fremantle. She was absolutely leading the charge when they had a really good run of wins there. Um, she was averaging 21 disposals and that's a big lift from her 2020 and 2019 output where she got 18 and 17 disposals. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely thinking that she'll be right up there out of those names. If you had to pick one. Who are you going for? Oh, I don't know. Jeez, there's, there's so many good names. I've put you on the spot a bit yeah. here, and there are a lot of names. You so would it help you up, if I went first? Yes, I listed. We listed up about 15 names here. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's just the talent we have in this league now. Um, I am going to go with Brianna Davy. Uh, kind of hurts because she was a ex Carlton player and would love to have her back. I think I've mentioned that more than one time uh, in this podcast, but. She's fantastic, and I cannot wait, cannot wait to see her keep playing because she's an absolute leader, um, and she's brilliant. So, Brie Davey, best of luck to you tomorrow night. You know what? I want to go for a curveball. I want to say, oh, I'm just going through, like, who's won games like <laughs> out of the whole entire season. Well, you know isn't what? just about that, but yes. Well, I mean, they, they get a lot of the, you know, a lot of the void votes from those as well. Like, yes. I'm going to go with Karen Paxman. Screw it. Karen Paxman, not a bad one to go with. All right, just quickly, if you were Nicole Livingston leading the charge of AFLW, what are you going to change next year, seasons to come? Um, I think the rules, I don't think there's necessarily anything I would possibly change. I, think I agree with that. All the rules that they've kind of set in place for the season, it kind yeah. of flowed very well. I wouldn't be surprised if um, you didn't see any big rule changes, but you did mention something earlier that I think I would love to see. One of those things is let's bring in some new teams. Yeah, new Why teams. Um, it's time. It is absolutely time. What was the last teams added? Um, I was... think two years ago you had, that was when uh, West Coast, Gold Coast, Richmond and... Geelong. Geelong, very good. Oh, jeez. They were all added. And the other thing I would like to see is a longer season where every team plays every team. Now, maybe if you are adding in new teams, that makes that harder. Yeah. Um, But I do want to see everyone get the chance to play everyone because, yeah, we don't want to be missing out on beating anyone if you're a current supporter. Have good feelings about next year. I agree with all those changes. Um, Obviously, I think depending if they add more teams in, 
you should probably keep the rounds as it is. Um, if you don't add more teams, then maybe up the round by one more. Mm. A thing that I actually would like to see is maybe upping the time a little bit instead of 15 minutes just because mm. it might add that little bit extra of gameplay, which also might add um, a few more um, scoring shots. You know, mm. teams get tied throughout the end of the game and that's when the game can be the most fun because yeah, it just goes so into chaos. so maybe from 15 minutes to 17 minutes. Exactly. Or maybe even... Um, having less time on so they don't actually stop the clock until the last five minutes of yep. the game. So that could be an option as to how they could actually extend gameplay out a little bit longer. But that's not a bad suggestion. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the 15 minutes, and I'm also going off the knowledge of what the men's 2020 season was, you had that 15 minutes and it just resulted in lower scoring games, yeah. making it maybe a little bit less interesting. I feel like with the women, it's the same thing. Mm. I'm not saying that they couldn't like we've seen like 80 plus scoring games from some of the teams this year but i feel like he means from carlton no i feel like okay (laughs) whatever um well sorry 60 plus there's a few teams that got 60 plus 100 percent. and i get what you mean everyone loves to see goals at the footy they're exciting um that's what wins your games in the end and i think just make it more interesting for the viewer um it's just one of those things that if a team gets more tired then it's who can out last each other the longest and 100%. if you can just go back and forth with goals to goals i think it'll just be a, f- a fun game to watch at that point so yeah i think maybe. um i think the league has done a fantastic job to get where they are this season and just these small little changes might help to improve that now mm-hmm. i think we've pretty much summed up our opinions on the aflw season and congratulate everyone involved um and i think we're going to get stuck into our tips for the men's season, we are up to round six. Round six. Round and guess six. what? It's only the, was it nine games that have to play? No more women's games. So we're not adding on extra matches at the end here. Yeah. We have nine a bit more tips t- we have to put in it's, is what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, it's it just, won't take us 20 minutes to get through <laughs> our tips anymore. But there could be a bit more conversation we can do now about these ones. Anyway, let's get straight into it with the first game on the Friday night. Uh, no Thursday night games this week. Nope. Uh, it's going to be the Giants versus the Dogs. Niche, who you got? Got the Dogs. Oh, I sound a little bit happier when saying it. have the Dogs. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> my girl. Um, who have you got? So, Dogs. <laughs> awesome. Saturday, we have Geelong and Eagles, and that is at Geelong's home ground. Who have you got? Ooh. Um, Eagles came off that loss, didn't they? And Geelong won against North. Um, no, Eagles beat Collingwood. Do they beat Collingwood? Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, but it's Collingwood. <laughs> oh, come on. Be real to yourself. You know you don't what like them. Your Collingwood friends are listening. Nah, he They're knows. They're not your friends anymore. <laughs> nah, they, they know. They know their team's crap. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm making a cough. Um, I'll go with the Cats in this one. I don't know. I feel like a GM uh, HBA. Um, Geelong do pretty... Comp- uh, <laughs> you do all right. <laughs> Nisha's. You made me choke on my tea. Um, I feel like at GMHBA, Geelong play really well, and Eagles aren't that great when it comes to the Melbourne No, they're not floor. the best at travelling. It is a, no. a tough trek. Um, I'm also going to go with Geelong for that one. Um, next up, we have the Suns and the Swans. The Swans uh, obviously coming off that narrow loss, and jo- the and Suns, Suns coming off a... Very big loss. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Swans for this one. Um, I feel like they'll just bounce back, even with um, a couple of their injuries, um, not mm. having Hickey in the side. 
Um, and obviously Buddy out. I don't think it's going to yeah. happen that much. So I'm going to go with Swans. Yeah, we've talked about um, the Suns not having a ruck Oh, that too. Before. I forgot about that one. <laughs> so the fact that Sydney's ruck has gone down, it's actually quite fortunate timing and they do have someone to come in and, and fill the shoes. So it probably won't have a massive effect this week. Nah. Um, so I'm going to go with Sydney as well. Um, the next game we have is Carlton and Brisbane. Please go first. 11th. Go, please go first for this one. I'm going to go with Brisbane. Really? You are? Mm-hmm. I was really sad. I really well, I went with Carlton last week. That I wanted well. I wanted a free point. Um, <laughs> no, no more free points. Um, I'm going to go with Brisbane as well. Um, they had a really good game. Um, and I, and if Neil's back, you know, then Neil's back. You Neil never know. Neil's back. Um, next game, Melbourne versus Richmond at the MCG. Um, who you got for this one, Nishi? 100% going with Melbourne. Really? Really, really. Uh, they have not lost a game. Why would they start now? Well, everyone's got their time. Everyone does have their time, but, um, I don't know. Richmond were really good under the Eddie Had roof, or sorry, the Marvel roof. Um, but Melbourne coming off a good win. They, they really got away from the Hawthorne in the last quarter. I know, I think they have the strength to match Richmond. Yeah, they Maybe did. they don't have the speed or the pressure, but... I know. I am going to stick with Melbourne. I've said it. I'm going to go with it. Yeah, you can't change it. No can't taste backsies. It. No backsies. I'm actually kind of fluffing with this one too. I don't know who to choose. Well, Melbourne you've got have been five really seconds. Good. Oh, don't do this to me. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you Don't put up the hand sign. No. Are we, I'll go Richmond. For, uh, yeah, I'll go Richmond. I'll go Richmond. Very good. All right. So we've differed on the Melbourne-Richmond game. That'll be to, one oh, to tune into. <sighs> Uh, he's great. really, really ish, has issues with this. All right. Fremantle versus North. Who have Freo. you got? It's an Optus. Yeah. It's yeah. Freo. Freo for me as well. All right. Moving on to the Sunday games. We've got three to go. Um, Hawthorne take on Adelaide in, in Tasmania. The, no, sorry. The university of Tasmania. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with Adelaide with this one. I think they're having a really good season. Um, they lost their last game, didn't they? They did. They lost to Freo at home, so that was a bit meh. But it wasn't a bit meh, but they don't feel like they always don't play great at the home. Sometimes Adelaide, mm. they have like a kind of like a bleh. Mm. Anyway, I don't know. I kind of agree. Um, I'm gonna go with Adelaide as well. Um, I think Hawthorne are not all there this year. They've got some holes and they need to get filling. Um, the big Anzac Day clash mm. is next. Collingwood take on Essendon. Who have you got? Two terrible sides. Woofed. <laughs> Two terrible sides. Um, I reckon I could flip a coin and I could figure out who's going to win out of that. <laughs> um, I wish I had a coin in me because I'd actually do it. I'm going to go Collingwood. Yeah, I'm <sighs> going to go Collingwood as well. And I'll tell you why. It is because uh, it is at the MCG and Essendon play about 10 times better at Marvel under the roof when there's no wind and True. they like to run the ball. Um, no, Collingwood have better skill coming out of the centre for sure. And just better leaders... Better juniors. Plus, um, the Collingwood fans go nuts at MCG. Yeah, it'll be a great game. Um, and finally, at Adelaide Oval, we've got Port Adelaide taking on St Kilda. Final game of the round. Who have you got? On the count of three, we'll say at the same time. Ready? Three, two, one. Port. Port. Yeah. Okay, we both went with Port. <laughs> that just about wraps up our tips from that week. In fact, it does wrap up our tips from this week. 
Um, thank you guys for tuning into another episode, episode 12 Whoa. of After the Siren. We really, really appreciate your support. As we mentioned uh, at the start of the episode, if you have a top footy moment, please, please, please write it into us please. at our Instagram, After the Siren Podcast. And you can also follow some content that I've been sharing on Twitter uh, at After the Siren underscore. If you would like to follow our personal Instagrams, you can find that in the description. And do you have anything to add, Jarvis Ho? Banana. (laughs) He wants to see some bananas this weekend. Round the corner kicks. All right. (laughs) I'm just going to assume that's what you meant. A hundred (laughs) percent. That's exactly what I meant. Anyway. Okay. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. I'm going to do that again because he sounded very unenthusiastic. We will see you guys in the next episode. No, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Bye. No, I'm going to do it again.